This economic report is sponsored by Rick Kalb, wealth management advisor with Northwestern Mutual since 1983, on Spring Street in Nevada City. RickKalb.com. Well, it's time for financial news with Gary Zimmerman. And Gary, nice to have you here today to answer a few questions. The Federal Reserve will be back in the headlines next week when they announce their monetary policy decisions uh, after their meeting finishes off on May 3rd. How will we know what they decide to do with interest rates? Well, absolutely, Paul. They will tell us what they're going to do. Um, the Fed's monetary policymakers, uh, that would be the Fed governors, but the Federal Reserve governors and the 12 Federal Reserve Bank presidents will hold a two-day meeting that ends on um, May 3rd. And you know, at each meeting, only the seven governors um, and the New York Fed president always vote, and then four of the other 11 presidents vote on a rotating basis. But back to your question, you know, as always, immediately after the meeting, there'll be an announcement of the committee members' votes on the interest rate policy and any other major policy decisions like bond purchases or sales or you know, forward guidance and you know, providing the information to the markets and the public about the what, what the Fed policies are likely to do in the future, assuming the economy does what they expect it to do. Um, and then after the meeting, the Fed chairperson holds a press conference to discuss, you know, the policy decisions. So, yeah, it certainly will be in the news and you know, everybody will be hearing about it on next Wednesday. Well, Gary, I've noticed that the Fed policymakers often indicate that their monetary policy decisions are, let me quote, data dependent. What does data dependent mean? Can you explain that to us? <laughs> I'll try, Paul. Um, the Fed has been using the term data dependent to describe how they make their monetary policy decisions, I'd say, for a little over 10 years now. And the you know, Fed policy statements released after each meeting typically have some comment in there stating that you know, future policy decisions will be data dependent. What does that mean? Well, I think the former St. Louis Fed president, James Bullard, summed it up uh, nicely a few years back that decisions should be based not only on the current dynamics and the data, but also on longer run trends and expectations for the data going forward. Can you um, translate that for us into plain English? <laughs> okay. No more Econo speak. Uh, yeah, Paul basically means that the interest rate policy will be adjusted in response to the current macroeconomic data that would be, you know, obviously including inflation gross domestic product or output, labor market conditions, and, you know, many other sort of a wide range of economic indicators that, you know, sort of tell us what, how the economy is performing and how well it's doing. Um, as well as that, the current data, they also should be looking at the longer run trends in those data series and, you know, and also forecasts and, you know, to get a way to, to you know, a sense of where the economy is likely to be going. Um, and they don't want to be how to, how would they put it overly reactive to just the any any blips in the data. There there's a lot of noise in the data and macroeconomic data. It moves around a lot. Um, so you know they have to sort of discount those you know movements that aren't going to make a big difference. Gary, are the Fed policymakers providing any signals to the public, business and consumer, and the financial markets about what actions the Fed may take next week and if or how they might change the interest rates? 
Yes, Paul. Um, several of the policymakers have been quoted in interviews and or speeches in recent weeks. They usually don't speak in the two weeks prior to a meeting, so they're not they're quiet now. But before that, they were giving their perspectives on what might be an appropriate policy going forward. And for example, the Atlanta Fed president, uh, Bostic, was quoted last week as saying, you know, inflation remains too high and the Fed needs policies to get it back to 2%. You know, I take that as, uh, uh, you know, interest rates will need to go up again. Um, Fed Governor Waller expressed support for more interest rate increases in recent comments, um, you know, within the last two weeks. Um, Richmond Fed President uh, Barkin a couple of weeks ago, after even after seeing the inflation numbers that, that weren't so bad, um, indicated that the you know the Fed has more work to do to get inflation back down to its two percent target. So you know all all of those you know that that's quite a few of them making comments in that along those lines, and so you know uh, others have done the same thing as well. So I think that's that's an important indication of where they're likely headed. And also the minutes of the last meeting also provide an important information or clues. Um, so that March meeting, the minutes noted that the even after the recent banking terminal, turmoil and the failures, uh, they the policymakers were still trying to determine how much more they could raise interest rates. So that's a pretty, pretty big hint. Well, Gary, one more question. Now, looking into your crystal ball, what might we expect the Fed to do when they meet next week? Will they lower their target short-term interest rate to boost the economy, hold it steady, or maybe increase it further? Well, looking at the data and the trends that are showing today, I think, you know, and again, the Fed will have more data next week and <laughs> every week. Uh, you know, labor markets are still tight. Um, the unemployment rate is still at or below full employment at 3.5 percent. The economy is still adding a large number of jobs. Um, the inflation numbers, so on the, the other side of the coin, remain high in the five to six percent range. And, you know, GDP is expected to grow, but um, little slower. Uh, so these are, are data that, you know, the economy is certainly, you know, performing reasonably well. Um, and there's certainly that kind of data will will factor into the Fed's decision making. Um, you know, going forward, they do expect growth to be slower uh, this year. Um, and, you know, inflation, you know, they also expect to slow down. So, you know, and then that's a, as a result, both of the past interest rate increases that Fed has put into play as policy. Um, and also because they're concerned that the, with the financial turmoil and the bank failures, that uh, credit availability might be reduced. Um, you know, so it, and they're, they're even, you know, obviously real recession worries. Uh, some forecasters are forecasting a recession. And it was very interesting that in the minutes of the last meeting, it was noted that the Fed staff economists forecast that they presented at the meeting raised concerns about seeing a, a re potential recession or recession in the in the works. So, uh, you know, we have to go by the data and the outlooks and the forecast and the public comments. And it's, you know, pretty clear that the public comments that a number of these policymakers seem to favor another interest rate hike to fight inflation. Um, you know, and then that suggests to me that on May 3rd, we should expect to see another 25 basis point or quarter percentage point increase in the Fed's target overnight interest rate, moving it up to a range of five to five and a quarter percent. 
Um, you know, then I think we'll, unless we see major developments in the economy or financial markets, I expect that the Fed will likely pause uh, for a few meetings to just see how the interest rate hikes and potential credit tightening are, you know, slowing the economy or not, and whether they're lowering the high inflation rate um, at an appropriate, <laughs> fast enough, I guess, to to get the Fed down to their 2% inflation goal in a, in a couple of years. So, yeah, lots, lots going on there. Well, Gary, um, you're going to be in Vienna for a little while, a couple of months coming up, and this will be our last, uh, last financial report from you for a, a while, but we're going to try to tune in to Vienna one or, once or twice. Tell, us our, tell our listeners about what you're going to be doing there. I'm going to be teaching a course on monetary policy at the uh, Vienna uh, University of Economics and Business in uh, Vienna, Austria. And we will be looking at what the Federal Reserve and the European Central Bank have been doing in terms of monetary policy and how it's affected the economy and, um, you know, how the economies are performing and what they need to do to keep things going uh, with, you know, lower inflation that's uh, closer at their goals. Uh, All all of them are, most of the central banks are looking for 2% inflation. And, you know, also looking at, you know, the Federal Reserve, of course, also has a goal of, you know, full employment or, you know, in growth in the economy. So um, it's a it's an interesting course at the moment with everything that has been going on, um, recovering from the covid recession, uh, the creation of inflation coming from that. And, and, and you know, now with the recent collapse of two large regional banks um, and in the U.S. and a couple, uh, one one in, big one in Switzerland as well. Um, you know, that's a lot of, that, that was also rescued by the central bank in Switzerland. Uh, there's a lot going on for the uh, central banks in terms of making a monetary policy decision. Well, Gary, have a, have a wonderful time over there. I know it's been a couple of years because of COVID and we'll look forward to talking to you when we can. Okay. Thank you, Paul. You bet. Gary Zimmerman is a retired senior economist for the Federal Reserve Bank of San Francisco and is currently a visiting professor at the Vienna University of Economics and Business in Austria.